Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. I am your host Sam Moores and this is our Week 16 Recap. Merry Christmas everyone, I hope you had a, a, a very good Christmas and today we're going to be recapping uh, both the games on Christmas Day but also the games on Christmas Eve before that because we had a full slate on Christmas Eve followed by three games on Christmas Day, a couple of them that shook up the NFL as well. But we will start with uh, the game of the one of one of the game of the years. Yeah, one of the games of the year, surely. Um, surely, obviously, the the game of Christmas Eve between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, it was a battle of two two ten and four teams, but two teams who hadn't really beaten anyone proper, uh, especially the Cowboys away from home this year. And it was Miami who got the job done um, at home, thanks to Jason Sanders, who was the hero for the Dolphins, finally beating a team with a winning record. Uh, obviously, the 10-4 Cowboys being a good team to beat with a winning record too. Um, and obviously securing their spot with a win over the Cowboys. Um, yeah, spot in the playoffs with a win over the Cowboys as well. Um, yeah, it's their fourth straight winning record, uh, their second straight postseason visit too. Uh, and obviously, fingers crossed, Touchwood, Tua Valoa will play in his first preseason game um, and get through his first full NFL season too. Uh, Jason Sanders hit five field goals, including a career-long 57-yarder and two more over 50 yards uh, as the Dolphins edged out the Cowboys as time expired. Uh, and that's a very good day for a kicker who has struggled the rest of the uh, well, the last two years since his all-pro season um, a couple of years ago. Uh, he made four 50-yard field goals out of 12 the last two years and he made three in this game. So, um, yeah, he came up big when needed. Um, yeah, the Dolphins now move to 11-4 and four, uh, ahead of the massive clash um, with the AOC one seed in Baltimore next week. Uh, win that and they're looking good. Um, for They have a chance at getting the one seed uh, ahead of the final game against the Bills. Um, again, win that against the Baltimore Ravens next week. They win the Division 2, they win the AFC East. Um, and then, again, they've got a chance of having the AFC flowing through Miami too. Um, they were without Jalen Waddle for a lot of this win as well. Um, he struggled to run, um, and they also struggled to run the ball as well. So it was a lot of Sanders kicking the field goals. Um, they did prove the critics wrong, uh, winning a close game, uh, quite physically too. Uh, but we'll get into that on Friday, just how uh, how physical the team the Dolphins are. Um, you know, which is a quite an unpopular opinion. Um, without yeah, and also without the favourable hot weather as well. It was raining at points in this game. Um, yeah, so there was no advantage there, which they've had for a lot of the games this season. Uh, but it wasn't the offense that stood out. It was the defense. Their defense was absolutely excellent in this one. Um, quite surprisingly, actually, the, the defense that stood out was a Dolphins defense. Uh, with that being said, the the Cowboys defense clearly aren't the same team or and same unit, especially away from AT and T Stadium, Jerry World home. Um, you know, the questions still remain about the Cowboys and are three and five on uh, the road this year. And due to the Eagles having an easier schedule, as well as obviously winning uh, last night on Christmas Day, they're likely to be on the road all the way for the playoffs. So for the Cowboys, yeah, this was a, a really heartbreaking loss for them. You know, it, it felt like this was the Cowboys team that was different. You know, it felt like this would be the team that would win a Super Bowl and they still could. You know, maybe they're a little bit better, but 
it's going to be difficult, difficult again because they're on the road again, and that is a real problem for them. Um, you know, it's certainly the best that Prescott has looked in his career. I think he's been awesome for me. He's been the best quarterback this year, I'd say, maybe other than Josh Allen. He's been quite valuable to his team, um, and but I don't think he's an MVP. But I think he's played very well, um, especially at the end of the game. That drive, um, you know, he had a very impressive drive, marching down the field to take the lead with three minutes left to go, um, and he coped well under pressure all game too. The Dolphins' defensive line were all over the Cowboys' offensive line, uh, missing Tyron Smith. Um, you know, and that that's also against his Dolphins' defense, who has been. You know, have been number one in a lot of categories this this year. You know, they're getting sacks of Bradley Chubb, Andrew Van Ginkle, um, many many other players, Zach Seeley and Christian Wilkins in the inside, and this is about Jalen Phillips too. Um, you know, that was really impressive. Um, you know, and but for unfortunately for Tradalis, it just uh, he wasn't to be. Um, the, the Cowboys defense played well against Miami's run game. Um, and they're frustrated to his timing to an extent. He wasn't bad by any means. To, any means to to wasn't. He was he was good. In fact, again. It comes down to a fact where if that's a bad game for Tua, then that shows how much of a good season he's had because he threw for 200 yards, you know, touchdown, um, and it wasn't as accurate, but he still made a lot of throws. Obviously, that big 50 yard to Jalen Waddle, um, and you know, Tyreek Hill went nine for 99 yards, even when he didn't really have much of an impact. So, just shows how good that Dolphins offense is. Um, but hey, it was a Dolphins defense that won this game. Um, they were just so much better, especially situationally than Dallas. Um, they 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 had a, basically a goal line stop. Um, on fourth down, um, yeah, and that again, that was probably at the start of the game, and that probably was what won the game for the Dolphins. But they managed to hang on, um, and yeah, their, their defense was just excellent. Um, but they now go to Baltimore, trying to hunt down the one seed. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes next week. We'll preview it on Friday. Um, but the unfortunately will probably be without Jalen Waddle, who has a high ankle sprain. We'll see how he goes throughout the week and how he practices and practices on Wednesday. But um. Yeah, probably on Thursday and Friday, but it probably looks like Jalen Waddle will miss that game. Luckily for Miami, they've shown that they can win without Tyreek Hill. I expect they probably can win without Jalen Waddle. Um, I think, but I think they'll be looking to get the run game going against the Ravens, which they couldn't do in this one. But they won a physical game, a physical game, uh, and I think a lot of people are changing their minds about Miami at the right time. Um, obviously, already got a playoff spot. They will. I think they will be a factor in the AFC, especially with how some of the other teams in the AFC have looked this year. So uh, yeah, they're certainly a team to watch. As are obviously the Ravens, um, which we'll get into now because they have put the NFL on alert, winning the Christmas Monday Night Football battle between the two number one seeds. And as I spoke about on Friday, their number one defence did manage to cause chaos up against an offence that has just looked simply unstoppable since the Niners' bye week. Um, I think the defensive coordinator, Mark McDonald, probably won himself a head coaching job last night with the whole of America watching a potential Super Bowl preview on ABC and ESPN. Uh, his unit managed to disrupt Brock Purdy's timing, throwing three first-half interceptions. Uh, two of them were off amazing pass breakups, by the way, but the Ravens were, um, well, one of them was in the second half, but the Ravens were only leading by four at halftime with uh, the Niners' defence really um, you know, doing well against... Um, uh, Ravens offense uh, and obviously three of their four drives ending in Justin Tucker field goals uh, but it was the Ravens offense that did manage to turn up and turn their opportunities into seven points in the second half um, with Lamar Jackson finding Nelson Aguilar for a TD a few plays before hitting Zay Flowers for another after a fourth interception for the Ravens defense uh, another Justin Tucker field goal put Ravens up by three scores a deficit that was simply too large 
with the way their defense was playing the rest of the game. Um, and yeah, it, it was the, the Ravens' defense was just excellent. Um, it was Marcus Williams who pulled in the fifth interception for McDonald's defense with a minute to go, picking off Sam Darnold, who replaced a hurt Purdy late on. And that was it for the Ravens uh, winning against the Niners on a huge Monday night football game uh, on Christmas Day. What a game from the schedule makers to put on Christmas Day. And obviously, it was a surprise winner as well. So it was, it was, it was brilliant. Um, but it's weird for me, you know, suddenly seeing Lamar Jackson as the MVP favourite just because the Ravens won this game. Because they didn't win this game because of Lamar Jackson. They won it because of their defence. They intercepted the ball five times. They had four sacks. They were just all over the Niners' offence, which has been unstoppable all season, well, at least since their bye week. It was a Ravens defence that won that game last night. Uh, you know, I've seen Lamar have tons of better games than that. I think he had about 10 of those in his MVP season. You know, I get there's no clear winner this year, especially at the quarterback position for MVP. You know, and Brock Purdy had a bad game. But, you know, it's like, you, you know, I just feel like you can't really give it to him either uh, after that game because the Ravens won this game because of their defence. You know, especially if the Dolphins beat the Ravens on Sunday... I wonder who will be favourite then. Will it be Tyreek Hill? Will it be Tua because they beat they beat the Ravens? It's just, you know, it's changing so much after one win. You know, I really wonder how voters are going to react. Um I I think it you know, I think you're gonna see the probably closest battle for MVP we've ever seen, perhaps. You know. Um <laughs> I say it every week. Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill have been twice as good as any quarterback this season. This is the year that a non QB wins um MVP for the first time in about 10 years um you know there's been no standout quarterback and yes Lamar last night was good uh but he scored two touchdowns off about five or six opportunities um and one obviously with a short field as well um he wasn't that impressive it wasn't it wasn't an MVP performance on Lamar Jackson yeah um yeah I that, that, that's that's how I feel I mean yes he, you know again he's been very good this year a top 10 top 5 QB probably top 5 uh, up there with obviously with, with Dak and, and Brock Purdy and, and Tua and probably Josh Allen they'll be, they're my, be my 5 this year but you can't give an MVP off that one game because that, he didn't win it for them it was it was a defence that won that game disrupting Brock Purdy's timing uh, and really you know taking away a lot of the stuff they like to do in the middle of the field uh, that's what won that game for the Ravens on Christmas Day Um and then we'll go into some final reactions, obviously. You know, as for the Niners, I think they were actually quite unfortunate because obviously two interceptions were tipped. Uh, you know, they didn't count as turnover-worthy plays on, uh, on PFF's uh, um, grades. Uh, Brock Purdy is fine too. It's good. He's not injured. He was just pulled off the being shaken up as a bit of a precaution. Um, but yeah, I think last night they probably showed that, that everything, when not perfect, you know, when everything's not perfect, they can be beaten they are beatable you know and Purdy does struggle when when that is um when, when that is the case as do a lot of quarterbacks when he just wants to take away the number one weapon and wants you know the middle fields are, um he wants the middle fields not as clear and you know the, the, you're not getting the yards off the catch that you normally do or you, you know you're not running the ball as well as you normally do either it, it is difficult to win football games um but you know luckily for them I think they're so talented 
I don't think it happens often. Um, and for me, they're probably still Super Bowl favourites. Obviously, they, they lost Trent, Trent Williams to a groin injury in this game as well, which is another reason why they couldn't really get the offence going. Um, it may change if his groin injury keeps him out for some time, but for me, I, I, I wouldn't overreact. I think the Niners are still the best team in the NFL. They just had they were just frustrated by the Ravens' defence, and they've now got the film that if they play them in the Super Bowl again, I think the result will be uh, a bit different uh, if they were to play in the Super Bowl again and do a Super Bowl rematch of the Blackout game in 2012. Um, but, you yeah, know... Great game. Obviously, I think these two teams are two of the best, two of the top three or four teams in the league. Uh, and yeah, I think it may not be the last time we see them this season. But uh, yeah, for me, Ravens defense, outstanding. Number one defense for a reason. Um, and I don't overreact. Uh, I, wouldn't overreact I wouldn't overreact too much about the Niners. I think they're still uh, still one of the best teams in the league. And uh, yeah, they just had, just had an odd day, off day, unfortunately. As did the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, who lost on Christmas Day, the first game on Christmas Day, with the Raiders winning at Arrowhead and giving them the Chiefs nightmares. Um, this was just not a great game of football at all, was it? But it did come alive in the second quarter, which is what I want to talk about, because the Chiefs had the lead with five minutes to go in the first half, but they gave away two defensive touchdowns in quick succession, a fumble, then a pick six, and that, that was pretty much the game for the Raiders. Two snaps, they were seven seconds apart, the Raiders, the Raiders scored obviously two defensive touchdowns uh, from those two snaps, and then we were just waiting and waiting for the Chiefs to come back and win this one, as they have done so many times, and it never happened. Harrison Butker missed a field goal just before the half after a cool fake punt from Tommy Townsend, uh, meaning the Raiders were up 17 7 at half time, and that was the Chiefs' only seven points until they made it a one score game at 20 14 with a Justin Watson touchdown just before the two minute warning in the fourth quarter. Uh, the thought of a comeback victory was quickly waved away, though, after Zamir White pulled off a 43-yard run shortly afterwards to seal the win for the Raiders, um, which creates an amazing stat, which is that Aidan O'Connell, obviously the Raiders' rookie quarterback, didn't complete a pass from the four, from the first quarter, three minutes left to go in the first quarter, until the very end of the game, and his team won the game. <laughs> That's just how bad the Chiefs' the Chiefs' offense were in this game. Um you know, it's just so strange. You know, we're we we've all been waiting for them to just turn it around and get back to the team that they've been since twenty eighteen. Obviously, we expected them to struggle last year and they didn't. They looked great last year without without um you know without Tyreek Kill with an older Travis Kelsey. This year, obviously, Kelsey's progressed a little bit, but they've also you know they've not managed to get the same production out of the receivers that they did last year. The offensive line has not been as good either. Obviously, they've missed Isaiah Pacheco to uh, you know to injuries and stuff at running back as well. But they've just also just not have the same you know buzz. Like they've not. They just it feels like there's some deeper issue of this Chiefs team. You know, maybe Taylor Swift's a distraction. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But like they just seem different. They just they seem you know dysfunctional on offense. And I never thought I'd say that about an Andy Reid team. I, I just. And with, especially with Patrick Mahomes a quarterback, it is so weird. I just, I just, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. Um, obviously, you have to give credit to the Raiders too. Fair play to them. Um, you know, they, I've been hyping up their defense for the last ten weeks or so, and they won them this game today. They were excellent again, uh, which makes you wonder about what happens with Antonio Pierce. Obviously, their interim head coach. Uh, he is four and three in his time as head coach. And I wonder, you know, if they offer him the permanent job, as they should have done probably after Rich, Rich Bersaccia took the Raiders to the playoffs a couple of years ago, um, you know, I, I, I honestly think he, he should probably should be off the job at this point because, you know, the Raiders have just been a new, had a new lease of life since Josh Downs was fired. Uh, they've looked great. The defense played really well as well. And um, yeah, obviously he's, 
he's never been a head coach before. He's one of those, you know, leaders. He's a leader, obviously, you know, won Super Bowls and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, if he can get a good coach and stuff behind him, I, I think it might be a good idea to uh, to hire him. Um, they're actually still in the shot of the playoffs too. They're not dead by any means. And in fact, they're actually more likely to make it than the Broncos, I think. You know, beat them uh, and win against the Colts next week. And the Raiders are actually in the playoffs probably, uh, which I don't think we'd be saying a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but fair play to them. Yeah, Pierce has sort of... Uh, started a turnaround and they managed to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead which um, as a lot of teams know is very very difficult to do so um, yeah fair, fair play to them for, for, for doing that uh, another team that are pretty much in the playoffs um, right now are the Cleveland Browns uh, their, their preseason status is pretty much all but confirmed with their win over the Houston Texans, uh, where Amari Cooper set a Browns franchise record 265 yards um, in this one, breaking Josh Gordon's record from his stunning 2012 season. This is Cooper's third different team with a 200-yard game. Uh, obviously, the uh, <laughs> the Cowboys and the Raiders, the other two teams. Uh, and with, you know, he's just a truly underrated player, isn't he? He's 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 like he's such a good player and. Um, yeah, obviously being on the third team now, um, it's it's mad to think that he he was you know the Browns acquired him for a fight for a fifth round pick because he has been absolutely excellent this year, as has Joe Flacco since coming in. Obviously, he's the fourth quarterback to win a game for the Browns this year. Um, he was decent again. It's a great story. You know, I think he fits this Browns team. They're so injured. You know, they've been so written off, but they're just still going out there and playing defense, running the ball well, and winning games. Um, you know as they were when everyone else was healthy. It's remarkable. Um, Flacco was PFF's best quarterback on Sunday with a 91.5 grade after putting up 368 yards and three touchdowns with one of his two interceptions being a shot to the end zone as clock expired uh, before half-time too. Um, it was Case Keenum who started opposite him for the Texans with C.J. Stroud not suiting up um, again for them with him still in concussion protocol. Uh, we saw lots of Davis Mills too, a bit like the end of last year with Mills and Jeff Driscoll interchanging. It's quite cool. I like. <laughs> I think teams should do should do that more often, especially if they're not, you know, if, if they're you know missing their main quarterback. Just try and get some cool offensive plays out of it. Uh, but unfortunately for them, with the loss, their playoff prob- probability has taken a hit to thirty seven percent. Um, because you know, and at the start of the day, it was a lot higher than that, and it's been as high as sixty one percent this year. Uh, but they're still firmly within a shot at not only the World Cup but also the division. After the Jags dip in form, um, everybody lost yesterday, other than Cleveland and Buffalo. And um, also, obviously, everyone lost on Christmas Day. Sorry, other than Cleveland and Buffalo, it's just about who gets the final spot, really. Um, you know, for Houston, it'll be nice if they can get in this year. Um, it's unlikely. You know, as it's less likely than it was at the start of uh Christmas Eve. Uh, but you know, I think they're by far the most entertaining team of the bunch that are trying to get in. Um, unfortunately for them, I think they're just so injured. And, um, so I, I, it's an interesting scenario now going into the last couple of weeks. They've got winnable games, but as for what they do, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because you know they're looking great for the future. You know, and CJ Stroud obviously he's probably don't want to risk him. Um. So we'll see what happens there, but um, yeah, they're, they're certainly a great team to watch, and they, I think they'll win. They'll, uh, they'll they'll get to an AFC Championship game within the next couple of years. I think just just you know, out of prediction. Um, I think Demi Ryan's is unfortunate, unfortunate not to win Coach of the Year. Obviously, I think it will be Kevin Stefanski, especially after beating Ryan's in this game. Uh, but yeah, he's been absolutely excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, so so the Browns. So uh, hats off to Kevin Stefanski. 
Okay, we'll go over to Sunday Night Football now, the Christmas Eve Sunday Night game taking America into Christmas Day, where the New England Patriots hurt the Denver Broncos' playoff hopes um, in a Christmas Eve Sunday Night Football shock. Uh, Chad Ryland's 56-yard field goal with seven seconds left sealed the game for the Patriots. Um, but it was Denver who had a, a lead, had the lead in the first half. Um, but unfortunately for them, after 20 unanswered points, including a fumble recovery for a touchdown, uh, the Patriots won the game. Note that was the difference uh, that third quarter. The, the Broncos scored 16 unanswered uh, points in the fourth quarter in response to, um, to tie the game. Uh, but that third quarter killed them with Bailey Zappi, who had a very good game, uh, producing one more drive of offence to hurt Denver in the fourth quarter, uh, setting up that Ryland field goal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously Denver as well, it's very unfortunate to lose that game as well because they would have been extra motivated by almost every result going their way in in the main state on Christmas Eve too. You know, have they won that game, it would have been looking very good for them. But unfortunately now, their playoff percentage lies at 4%. Um, yeah, a, a real uh, a real big swing um, for the the, uh, the Broncos with this loss, unfortunately. Uh, Buddy Zappi was actually PFF's second highest graded quarterback on Sunday, which is just mental. Never thought I'd say that. 88.9, which I never thought I'd see from this Patriots offense this year. Um, you know, it's been a hot mess. Um, and you know, yeah. Uh, unfortunately for them, it's it's been a it's been a very hot mess for the Patriots, as I said. Um, but yeah, no, they've actually looked pretty good <laughs> last couple of weeks in offense. And yeah, fair play for Zappi. Uh, to Zappi, he was excellent in this game um as with denver before the game the playoffs were looking you know a decent prospect for them as i said earlier but after this loss they stand just at four percent chance at getting in the playoffs at seven and eight uh yeah they've probably just hit a stump at the wrong time uh these last couple of weeks and um yeah it's it's uh yeah as i said you know, just a minute ago it's uh, it's unlikely they'll get in right now um which is a shame because yeah you know if anything it's the raiders who are getting um and a couple of weeks ago the payton and wilson and the broncos are just rolling and i'm sure uh i'm sure uh, charlie grace obviously our resident full 10 yards at broncos fan has gutted about this but yeah i think next year for them is the year they really go and go and go and you know push on because they've got a lot of resources to do so next year okay as for the patriots obviously isn't it convenient that they've started playing good football as soon as it looks like Bill Belichick is out the building just a thought to leave you in this game just just just, just a thought um yeah it's just very very convenient isn't it um yeah but um yeah obviously I think he'll go but yeah I think they uh maybe they're, they're motivated because it's now been confirmed that Belichick will leave but um yeah no <laughs> the Patriots are winning uh which you know as a team of a, a fan of a team in the AFC East I don't mind because it probably hurts their chances of getting a good quarterback so uh yeah <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Patriots fans aren't very happy at the fact that they're winning games at the minute but um yeah they're, they're playing half a better chicken at the minute which again we've not seen at points this season okay we'll go over to an all Florida matchup between the Jags and the Bucks where the Jags would dominated by Tampa in in this one uh they've lost their fourth straight game now all to teams with winning records too which is not great for them going into well, potentially going into the playoffs um as a rushed back Trevor Lawrence was sidelined for the third time in that stretch too he's battled ankle sprains and a concussion and quite frankly he didn't look right throwing the football in this one as well I don't think they should have brought him back in this game obviously 
uh, you know, having a QB start the week after suffering a concussion is mental in the first place. Um, and I think, yeah, he just didn't look right in this one. And then he left the game before the fourth quarter with a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. And it's now uncertain whether, whether he'll be able to play this week um, coming now as well, which is just, you know, it's just horrible news for Jaguars fans. Um, as for the Bucks, they're great again. They, they've hit form at the right time, which is great for Todd Bowles. Uh, he was on the hot seat for a lot of the season, but the Bucks have been excellent the last couple of weeks. Um, and they now have an 84% chance of winning the division with the Saints and Panthers to close out the year for them. So, you know, win that, the Saints game to win the division, and obviously the Panthers uh, are there as well. But yeah, for, for them, the, the Bucks are pretty much in the playoffs. And um, led by Baker Mayfield, who was great again, um, he definitely will start somewhere next year, whether it's Tampa Bay, I don't know. It makes sense for him to return, obviously. But I don't know if he'll want to come back without Mike Evans, who is probably going to be leaving the Bucks. So if, if they can get himself a job somewhere else, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Vikings. So um, it'd be awesome to see him, you know, uh, um, you know, or many other teams, maybe the Falcons, something like that. Um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see Baker, uh, um, you know, play this well again next year, uh, because yeah, he's he's been excellent this year. Again, I think he probably has been a top fifteen, maybe top ten quarterback this year, uh, with his play. Um, which you know we didn't think we see at the start of the season, of the season did we? Um being a fair play to Baker it's just it just shows if you get him an offensive line he's a good quarterback and I think the Browns are probably probably regretting moving on from him right now if you look at you know how everything else has gone gone on for him and for them since since the um <laughs> since the uh well, since moving on from him um yeah Evans was great again another two touchdowns on an 86 yard day two uh, we'll, we'll finish now with this game. We'll start with the Jags. Obviously, they're, they're trending down. The offensive line is rubbish. The receivers are hurt. The defense is not creating the turnovers it was at the start of the year. And Trevor Lawrence is hurt, which is um, <laughs> which is not ideal at all. Especially as he also led the team in rushing this game. So uh, yeah, I if I was to guess who wins the division right now, I think it would be the Texans if Stroud comes back. If not, maybe. The Colts with how easy the schedule is, but they didn't look great this week either, uh, which we'll get into later. So um, yeah, I'm really not confident as to who wins this division. Um, so they're still favourites, but like their likelihood of doing that has come right down. Um, and obviously Lawrence's status is uncertain too. Okay, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll go over to the NFC now, and we'll go over to the NFC North where the Lions won their first ever NFC North title, uh, their first division title in 30 years as well, beating the division rival Vikings in one of the games of the week. Uh, the last division title was obviously the NFC Central title in 1993 when Tampa Bay was actually in the division. Um, the Vikings made them work for it though. Uh, it was a two-score game at one point, but the game came down to the very end where Ifiati Melifonwu, the Lions defensive back, jumped in front of Justin Jefferson at the goal line to seal the win for the Lions. Uh, despite that, Jefferson actually did still leave his mark on this game, catching uh, balls from his third quarterback of the season, and he missed seven games too, um, which is mental. He had 141 yards and a touchdown, uh, um, and KJ Osborne had a game two of 95 yards and another touchdown. Um, the Lions offense was back on song again, carrying on uh, from last week's big win over the Broncos. And for the second straight week, they did it against a good defense as well because Brian Flores' Vikings defense has really caused some teams problems this year. Um, but the Lions defense doesn't exactly fill me with much confidence at all heading into the playoffs because they let Nick Mullins throw for 411 yards against them. And he's it sounds like he might be benched for Jaron Hall going into the next game for the Vikings, which just says it all really. So yeah, the Lions defense doesn't exactly fill me with confidence, but at least they're in the playoffs and hopefully they can end that 32 year streak without a playoff win. Um, 
obviously it's a shame uh, for, for the Vikings that Kirk Cousins got hurt this year. I would have loved to see him in this team, obviously with their defense they've got two because it's by far the best Vikings defense they've had. Uh, I think they've had since the well since the team that got to the uh, NFC Championship team def- uh, game definitely um, in twenty seventeen. But yeah, I think yeah this this Vikings team is just uh, yeah well, it, it's a callback away I think uh, from from looking very good in the NFC. Um, and I don't know if they're going to make it. They still can make it, but I think the Packers have probably got the easier schedule. And obviously the NFC South teams play each other too. So I'd probably say they're probably out of the playoffs. Um, and especially without Jordan Allison, uh, who's playing an ankle in this one, he's week to week. And TJ Hawkinson, who is out for the year after a torn ACL and MCL in this loss to the Lions too. So I doubt they make it, if I'm being honest. Right, we'll stay in the NFC North and we'll go over to the Packers now, who just uh, squeezed out the Carolina Panthers 33-30. to And this one turned out to be a fun one, didn't it? Obviously, it's not the shootout game that we expected this week. I think we expected the last one to be um, <laughs> the shootout game or, or, or maybe... Um, yeah, or maybe the uh, Seahawks-Titans game, which we'll get into later. Uh, but, yeah, it was brilliant. Bryce Young looked great, good again, uh, but the Packers got it done. Uh, they kept the playoff hopes alive, uh, especially with a lot of results going their way too. Um, they nearly lost it, though. <laughs> and as predicted on Friday, Carolina did come to play. Bryce Young had another strong week. Um, I'm not sure whether it was him or Joe Barry's defence playing down to a QB again. Um yeah, or a continuation from last week of Bryce Young looked good. I guess there's a bit of both. Uh, but PFF are leading towards Bryce, who was the fourth best passer this week, the third best on Sunday. Um, he's a back-to-back strong grade, 78.0 to 82.0. Um, and he's really looking good at the right time, which is good for the Panthers going into next year. Um, the, the Packers were up by two touchdowns at halftime, um, and they only scored one the rest of the game. Uh, which allowed the Panthers to grow into the game and eventually tie it with two DJ Tark touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And also thrown by Jordan Love on the back foot to Dontavian Wicks, then put the Packers into field goal range and Angus Carlson made the field goal, uh, leaving uh, zero time out Carolina with very little time to respond. They actually got into field goal range, but they ran out of time to clock the ball, um, which pretty much game well, obviously they ran out of time so it gave the Packers the win but yeah they're, they're very very close to losing this game um you know obviously well done to Packers they uh the run game looked good too which is encouraging for them they got the win done um which again is brilliant especially with results going their way and I think they, they've got a good chance to get into the playoffs um I think they're probably the most likely the seven and eight teams to get in but, but obviously they have to win out and they have to hope the results of the Rams and the Seahawks go um their way too um, and then as for Carolina, obviously, despite losing you know, a very good set of games for Bryce Young and next year, they've got some good film on him, too, um, for the next head coach and offensive coordinator. OK, we'll stay in the NFC. We'll go for all NFC East game between the Giants and the Eagles, um, who, who contested a fun shootout on Christmas Day where the Philadelphia Eagles ended a three game losing streak. Uh, with the Cowboys lost to Miami, the Eagles have now reclaimed the lead of the NFC East and suddenly have a shot at the one seed again after the Niners lost to the Ravens. But they weren't exactly conceding, uh, convincing again, sorry, especially um, you know at the end, edging out the Giants on the final play of the game. The Eagles were up 20-3 at half-time, but gave the Giants and Toro Taylor, who replaced Tommy DeVito at half-time uh, due to poor play. Uh, they gave them short field position after Boston Scott and Olamide Zacchaeus ran into each other on a kickoff return, which then led to Saquon Barkley going in for a touchdown. 
and it was suddenly a two-point game at the end of the fourth quarter, as we had the end of the third quarter, after Jalen Hurts threw a pick six to a Dorey Jackson seconds before, um, yeah, we it, again time ticked over to the fourth quarter. The Eagles then scored ten unanswered points, but allowed a sixty-nine-yard Darius Slayton touchdown. Uh, and could only respond to that with a field goal, allowing the Giants one more possession, needing eight points to take the game to overtime. Unfortunately for the Giants, the game ended on a key Ringo interception, securing the victory for the Eagles. But that was a close one for them, and they need to, they really need to, you know, butt their ideas because they showed yet again that they can't play a complete game of football. And without a good start, especially like they did in this one, they are totally beatable. They do worry me, but they do have one of the best rosters in the league. So they do turn up, turn up and win games sometimes. It's just fascinating stuff. I just don't know who this Eagles team are. I, you know, I can see them get into the NFC Championship game, but I don't trust them to win a game against the Giants. So it's just some weird scenario. I have just never seen this before. Like they, they're so talented, um, you know, and everything. But yeah, if I'm the Giants, I fancy an upset going into the Week 18 game, especially with it being in New York as well. You know, what they're obviously be hoping for is that Philly have got something to play for in that game too. So um, yeah, we'll see how they get on against Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals next week. Obviously, that game um, is in Philly, but yeah, maybe the Cardinals do something. Um, okay, we'll uh, we'll remain um, we'll remain in the NFC uh, with Seattle, who beat Tennessee Titans twenty to seventeen. Uh, just about getting it done um, against Ryan Tannehill's Titans to win the second straight game and bounce back into a wildcard spot below the Rams. Uh, Tannehill started in place of Will Levis, who couldn't recover from his ankle injury in time. Obviously, it was the one he suffered in overtime against the Texans last week. Um, and this game was just a, a scrappy game, especially in the first half, but it got fun in the fourth quarter. 16 points scored in the first three periods and 21 in the fourth one. Uh, Seattle spent a lot of the game trailing, had the second straight game winning drive, this time led by Junior Smith, not Drew Locke, uh, who started in this one, who, again, is their number one quarterback, but I think Drew Locke has played impressive um, in his last two games. Um he fit it in there to Colby, Colby Parkinson, um, who looked like Jesus, <laughs> for a TD on Christmas Eve. It was just written in the stars. Uh, but they did leave time on the clock. Unfortunately for Tennessee, Draymond Jones sacked uh, Ryan Tannehill before he threw a pass in bounds, which ran down the clock for Tennessee. It's just an absolute mess. And it, again, for it's like the Green Bay game. This game could have gone very south for Seattle. But it swung in their favour, and they now have a 69% chance of making the playoffs, and are pretty much in if they beat Pittsburgh next week. Um, you know, it was less than half that percentage a few days ago before their game on Monday Night Football against the Eagles. So, uh, yeah, it, what a week to be a Seahawks fan. And uh, Junior Smith looked really good in his return too, so um, that's awesome for them going into the playoffs too. Okay, we've got, we've got three games to finish out. These games, uh, well, they they. Well, they contain some pretty bad teams. Um, but the next one, well, they're not bad. They're two teams that I just don't know who they are because the Falcons stay alive with Taylor Heineke at QB, preventing the Colts from taking the lead of the AFC South um, with a win at home in Atlanta. Uh, this game may have saved Arthur Smith's job because Taylor Heineke was way better than Desmond Ritter and uh, they got Adrian Robinson and Carl Pitts involved too. Beijing had 122 yards in this one. Tyler Algier had 88 and a touchdown. And Carl uh, Pitts had 49 yards and a touchdown too. Uh, but it was their defence that stood out in this one. They are mega again. You know, they've never been in the issue. Uh, the Jesse Bates interception in um, pretty much still the game for the Falcons, who went down and scored three more points. Um, Bates has been great all year. What an addition for them. And I, just, I, I want to see the Falcons team with a good coach and a good quarterback. I think they'd be great. But... Whether we see that next year or not, I don't know. Um, 
But for the Colts, despite the loss, they still remain in the World Cup places as a seven seed um, after Buffalo overtook them. Uh, and with their schedule, they're probably still favourites to claim that last spot. You know, they just, they just, but it's weird because they just didn't look good in this. So I just, I just don't know what to expect from them. Um, I think Charlie, Charlie Grace uh, summed it up in our, in our uh, 14 yards chat this, this week. He said, you know, just after you start to trust them, you know, the Colts, they go and look like that. I think that, that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? You know, just after you start to trust them, they go and look like that and you really don't know who they are. But they could quite easily claim the division. Um that game against the Texans in week eighteen could be huge. It could be for the, the uh it could be for the AFC South title. Um as for the Falcons, obviously they could sneak in as a wildcard team should they fail to win win the division, but uh, they're gonna have to win out. Um but yeah, maybe Maybe they win the division, but it's looking quite unlikely now. Uh, but at least they got a win, which probably has saved Arthur Smith's job until the end of the year anyway. Okay, we'll go over to Chicago, where Justin Fields shone in the battle. The former first-round quarterbacks, uh, both of them under pressure, of course, Kyler Murray and Justin Fields, um, both of them looking for jobs, but you're either this job they're in now, right now or a new job next year. Um, but another game for Justin Fields has made Chicago's decision even harder. The Bears led from start to finish with once again some awesome stuff offensively. It just baffles me why it took 10 or so weeks to come out because, you know, the staff has already been fired, basically. that that We all know they're gone. And they just haven't actually been fired. Yeah, but this is the offense they had last year, which gave everyone so much hope going into, into this year with Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, they had 250 yards on the ground. Fields had 97, backing up his 100-yard game from last time out. Uh, and Khalil Herbert had 112 yards on the ground too. And their defense has been aced too lately. I just, what, I just don't understand why they, you know, they were so bad at the start of the season, and now they're looking at one of the hottest teams in the league. It's just so weird. Um, I just don't get it. You know, um, the run game and the defense made this this a comprehensive win for the Bears from start to finish. Um, and it looked good in their throwbacks too. You know, the ones with the stripy socks and the stripy stripy um sleeves as well. They look awesome. Some of the best jerseys in the NFL, uh, as me and Ollie Darcy ranked them in um, at the start of the season. As for the Cardinals, it's weird. The more I read, the more it seems like they want to keep Kyler Murray. But I don't necessarily believe that, <laughs> especially with another loss for them as well. He was decent again, but he didn't quite have the impact that Fields did um, in this one, even though he may have a better box score. It was very much a Justin Fields game, and Kyler Murray had a lot of garbage time yards and stuff. Um I'd keep both of these guys. I th- again, I love them as quarterbacks. I think they're, you know, I, I like them. I'm over quarterback. I think they're pieces you can build around. But they've not exactly been in the best situations, have they, in their NFL career? Which is why it's such a difficult, um, <laughs> difficult decision. But I think the smart thing to do for both teams is sit and wait and see what offers you get going into the draft because there's going to be a lot of QB movement in this offseason. So you might get a really good offer. Um, but yeah, I personally, unless I get a good offer, I would keep both of those guys um because i think i think if you give them an offensive line or some weapons i think they can be very good callbacks and that's the other thing as well get off it both of them obviously um the cardinals need to keep their offensive coordinator around because i really do like what he's called this year especially with josh dobbs and everyone and then uh the, the bears need to get an offensive coach that that is that is a, a must for them they, they need to get an offensive coach um and then we'll finish off with the game that we were all looking forward to, the 32nd ranked Washington Commanders defence against the 32nd ranked New York Jets offence. And it was the Jets offence that just won this game. 
But it's weird. It's weird for them because Trevor Simeon's Jets, by the way, because Zach Wilson couldn't uh, pass concussion protocol in time, they nearly blew a 20-point lead to the Jacoby Brissett-led commanders team. Uh, but Greg Zerline saved the day to secure a 30-28 win as time expired for the Jets. Um, yeah, and the reason why it was a Brissett-led commanders team, obviously, is because Sam Howell was pulled for the second straight game uh, and Brissett was excellent in rece- relief again, leading a four... Um, well, lead, well, basically taking a 28-7 game to a 28-27 game um, <laughs> before the Jets scored that winning field goal. Um, yeah, the Jets were up 17-0 within six minutes before their defense did that thing to Howell. Um, and yeah, he looked terrible after that. I've liked Howell this year, but the last two weeks he's not been good, which is just a weird thing going into next year. Maybe they do go for a different quarterback. Um, as for the Jets offensively, well, they got... Breeze Hall going, which was a huge factor for them. 20 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else I can say about both of these teams, really. Obviously, for both of them, it's about next year. With the Jets, probably with Salah, especially after the report um, that, that the owner wants to keep him and Joe Douglas, the GM, around. And as for the commanders, it's probably definitely going to be about uh, Ron Rivera. Um, and I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see who starts a QB for both of these teams next week because Travis Simeon looked quite good. And obviously, Howell's been pulled the last two games. Jacoby Brissett stepped in, and he's looked really good in both of the games. Obviously, the thing with Washington is is that that they want to have a better draft pick, um, and Brissett probably has gives them a, obviously he gives them a better chance to win, and they're not playing for anything. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's such a weird situation. But um, yeah, that obviously that game was going to end the podcast this week. What a week it was. It was really fun um, watching all these games on Christmas Day. I actually really enjoyed going through them um, when I had a little bit of time off when I, when I wasn't really interested in watching the telly. Um, yeah, a bit of a shorter recap this week, just going through all those games. Um, and yeah, I mean, Christmas, man. It's December, the end of December. Obviously, the next week is the last week of December, the last day of December. Uh, and this is when the NFL just gets so tasty. So, um, yeah, I just cannot wait for for the Dolphins-Ravens game next week. There's a couple of good games um, in, in uh, you know, in the other spots as well next week too. Uh, but for now, that's we'll, we'll leave week 17 today in the week. This has been our week 16 recap. Again, I hope everyone's had a very good Christmas. Uh, I, I certainly did. Um, yeah, it's always great watching the NFL at Christmas, but obviously I wouldn't. I didn't watch the game last night because I wanted to enjoy it with my family. But yeah, watching the games this Boxing Day after coming back from Bristol City, beating Watford 4-1. <laughs> we had to throw that in there. Um, that was an awesome game. The best Bristol City I've looked in probably about five years, I'd say. Um, but yeah, after after coming back, I've, I've just sat down and, uh, and watched these games. And um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by... Um, by how you know competitive all three were, um, because they obviously the the Ravens Niners game looked great, but the other two games did look a bit a bit naff. But yeah, no, they're they're certainly a treat for some people on Christmas Day. Um, but yeah, I love you and leave you guys. This has been a full ten yards NFL podcast. I've been your host Sam Moores, and I will see you again on Friday night for our Week Seventeen preview. Well, we we will be previewing the big one, the basically battle for the AFC one seed between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. I just cannot wait for it. I will see you then.